Yokoso, welcome to Amakara Japan. Thank you for tuning in this week. Um, I have Steven and Yasushi with me. Say hello. Hi. Konnichiwa. And we welcome you back this week. Um, this is your first time listening. We talk about Japanese headlines that might not hit international news. Um, and this week we are discussing about over tourism. So, Japan is a wonderful place to go visit, and there's a lot of historical sites and world heritage sites. I think Japan, in my book, has all of UNESCO's world heritage sites more than any other country, but that's just me thinking that. <laughs> um, but with kind of the influx of um, the world rugby tournament that has come and the Olympics coming up, Japan has been having a lot of issues with over tourism, kind of so many visitors coming and kind of running amok around um, these touristy sites to where it's very overcrowded, um, things get broken, the locals there don't always necessarily enjoy having all the tourists. So, Yasushi, tell us a little bit about like you're living in those areas, very touristy areas. What's it like? <laughs> Oh, yeah. So it, it has been a, we went through a dramatic change in terms of the, the number of foreign tourists. You know, um, so let me just take a step back. I remember like in early 2000s, the Japanese government started um, this Visit Japan campaign to welcome more foreigners, um, foreign tourists, basically. And their aim was to have 10 million foreign visitors. And I remember the government was talking about it for many years and it, it took a while to accomplish the goal. And finally, in 2013, the number of foreign tourists has surpassed 10 million. And that was a you know, big news. And then the government you know, sort of slightly changed the, the, the goal, um, which is, to have 20 million visitors by 2020 and 30 million visitors by 2030. And only three years later, in 2016, the number of foreign tourists went over 20 million. So it's just, you know, in, in, in the matter of, in, in the time of three years, the number of foreign tourists doubled. And two years ago, 2018, the the foreign tourists um, surpassed 30 million. So if you look back, it's only like five years and the number of foreign tourists tripled. So it's such a big change, right? And I remember one of my you know, old friends from college, um, she, she went to a university in Tokyo and then she went back home in the countryside and you know, after so she hasn't been in Tokyo for several years. And when she came to visit, you know, Tokyo um, last year, the first thing she said was, "There are so many foreigners in <laughs> Tokyo." <laughs> she used to live in Tokyo, and she she knows what it's like. But she was so just, you know, just stunned how everything looks different. Because I remember back in college, you know, which is like 20 years ago. But I remember when I see a foreigner, that everybody stared at them, and they say the typical Japanese people say. Gaijin, that's the word when they see it, because it's just so rare. They see Gaijin, it's Gaijin. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I remember everybody's looking at them, if, whether it, they, if they are in the train or, you know, um, in a restaurant or it's just, 
such a rare, rare sight to see. But now, foreigners are everywhere. So it's, it's, it's just a, such a drastic change yeah. that we've experienced in the past few years. Well, what's funny is like, you know, in these big touristy sites like Tokyo and Kyoto and Osaka and kind of all of these, um, I'm assuming what the government was trying to promote more tourism in these areas. When Stephen and myself as foreigners went to like Kyushu or kind of these very rural remote areas that don't have a lot of foreigners, like it was very strange because there were people were just like looking at us and like, oh, Gaijin, you know, that the, oh, yeah. who is who are these strange people? It's just like it's like this white whale type of thing. Um, mm. So it was like I can kind of understand your your college friend of if the rural areas now are like what it used to be before there was just this influx of foreigners coming in. I, I can only imagine just like, wait, what? What? <laughs> And the thing you got to wonder, though, is the amount of foreigners you see in Tokyo, what percentage of them are foreign visitors versus foreign residents? Right. Because I would think nowadays you have a pretty high percentage of foreign residents that you come across versus just your typical tourism. So that would be interesting to see uh, of the numbers of which is which. Yeah, I think I've seen an article where the, the, the percentage of foreign tourists were roughly 2% maybe 1%, 1% or 2% of the you know, population in Japan. So it's a big number. But the foreign tourist is now 30 million a year, right? So that's almost like 20 in terms of the population. It's a quarter of the population visiting Japan every year. Yeah, well, it's almost like the entire city of, of Tokyo. Oh, yeah. To visit the entire city of Tokyo. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, the thing is, though, with tourism is it brings in such an income like there's part of the article that says it brings in four trillion yen uh a year and so like that's a ton of money that's coming from outside of the country into it so it's a pure surplus yeah but tourism is also a double-edged sword you know you have all the good with the money and the people coming in but then you have the overcrowding you have the delayed buses you have the people uh messing with and defacing property or or harassing different um different other regular people like maybe like i think there's part of one of the articles where was talking about the geisha and how they get a lot harassed sometimes to like take photos and this and that so the tourism has caused a lot of issues for just the regular residents of these tourist hot spots and i think that's what a lot of this article is talking about it's just like the residents want to live their normal life, but tourists coming in and disrupting it. So how do you balance getting the income from the tourists while living a normal residential life? Yeah, I guess that's a big question, right? I think, you know, um, so as you mentioned, I think the, the government initially wanted to promote uh, Visit Japan campaign because of those huge you know, uh, revenue that they can expect from, from the tourists. But maybe the, we, had, we had a little more than we wanted. You know, the number of tourists were, went above our expectations. And now it's caused, causing so much trouble. And, and I hear more and more news that the local residents are not happy with having so many tourists. Because, you know, just 
yeah, Kyoto is one of the worst places in, in terms of tourism you know, congestion. And the local residents can't even get use the public bus because it's just so crowded with tourists. And if you can't get on the bus, you can't go, you know, it's very inconvenient um, to, to, to just go anywhere around Kyoto. Yeah, I, I mean, the thing is, is I don't know how to, like, as you said, is the government was like, hey, come visit Japan and exceeded the expectations like they had this 10 year plan and in five years it had already tripled. Um, and obviously they've been very successful in this visit Japan campaign, but I don't like a part of me is concerned of they're talking about redirecting some of the crowds. Um, I know in one article they were discussing that they have a website where it kind of shows, okay, depending on the season, depending on the weather, depending on the time of day, time of week, time of month, of how crowded these places are to kind of um, ease some people, like ease the crowds of, of these, of tourists coming to visit at that certain time. But they've also talked about like visiting some off the beaten path areas, which I like that idea, but at the same time, I get concerned about some of those areas because tourists have already, you know, trashed some of the places in Kyoto. And now if you move them into other places and if Japan is as successful as it has been in prior years of getting, you know, 40 million visitors to 60 million visitors, like what they're projecting for 2020 and 2030, like now you're destroying the rest of these touristy sites or these new soon to be touristy sites and i don't like i honestly don't know of what is the best solution to keep getting these tourist dollars but also keeping the like residents of japan happy to be able to ride public transportation and everything like that yeah but this doesn't come down to an issue of japan having to do something this comes down to other countries needing to teach their people to be better i mean a lot of the issues are these people coming into a country that's not their own and thinking oh well it's not my place so i can just do whatever and that like, you a government can't like make somebody be better so these issues aren't because of japan it's happening in japan because other these foreign residents or foreign tourists are just being jerks like they're not being decent human beings and respecting what's around them I mean, that doesn't help just too many people on a bus and things getting late and not being able to get on it. But it does help with your idea of once they divert people to other areas, then they don't deface and, and mess up the property in those places. So it really just comes down to the world needs to just be better. <laughs> huh. Well, it's not like um, the Japanese government, uh, the, the especially the local you know, municipal offices have started some measures um, to tackle this, you know, over over tourism problems. Uh, for example, Kyoto um, city um, two years ago, they've introduced a sort of accommodation tax. So if you stay at a hotel in Kyoto, you have to pay, you know, um, several hundred yen, um, up to a thousand yen and other cities are following, like uh, Tokyo, Osaka has already have similar tax. 
and other touristy areas like Hokkaido, Niseko area, and Kanazawa, they're also planning to introduce um, similar tax. So they can use the new revenue to, you know, sort of better streamline um, the tourism, tourist influx, and, you know, and use the money to, to, to um, come up with better programs. So that's one thing they've they already started doing. Other things is like, you know, in Kamakura area, I don't know if you guys visited, but it's <laughs> just like, you know, an hour or two hour train ride from Tokyo. And it's like ancient Kyoto, little, you know, traditional um, old town atmosphere. It's, it's a very nice town. But now it, it's, a, it's so popular that 20 million people, including Japanese people, visit the site every year. And one of the you know, charms, one of the you know, traditional things to do in Kamakura is you can buy some you know, snacks or ice creams, dango or whatever, and eat while walking. You know, whilst you're strolling down the beautiful street, you can taste the local you know, delicacies. Mm -hmm. But now the, the local city has come up with a, um, a new law that that's sort of requesting um, tourists from uh, to refrain from eating whilst while walking. That was last year, and and that was a huge debate. They didn't say they are going to prohibit it because you know that's that's going to ruin the local you know restaurants. But they say please don't please you know be respect you respect pre, you know respectable or you know think about the trash and you know. Try not to eat as you know when it, when the, there are too many tourists on the street. Yeah, and I I mean with Japan nobody eats on the street, so I doubt it was the Japanese tourists that you know were making Kamakura not look good. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah, yeah, I, that's true. But Kamakura, I think it's a an exception. I think even Japanese people do eat because it's like um I don't know maybe Harajuku or it's we know it's a touristy place and you you can. Because there is nowhere to eat. There's not. It's a tiny street, so you you can. They. It's like there are stalls, right? It's like uh, a festival. Mm -hmm. So you can buy them and eat them while walking. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, I hope like I, I, Japan is an amazing place, and if any of our listeners have visited there or want to visit, be be a good tourist. Clean up after yourselves. Be respectful of the customs and cultures that are there because i mean if you keep it beautiful for you know the other tourists you're keeping it beautiful for the locals the locals are trying to keep it beautiful for you and hopefully that there's just a positive with everybody that the tourists can or the japanese the ah japan can get the uh the tourist tourism dollars but then also everybody is respectful to the land and the sights and and seeing so be a decent human being <laughs> there you go listeners if you get anything from this podcast this week be a decent human being <laughs> i just want to add one thing quickly you go know now might be a better season good season to visit japan because because of the coronavirus we are seeing fewer <laughs> you know chinese tourists and china i think accounts for like 25 percent of foreign tourists in japan so now it, the, the Kyoto, Kamakura, very much less crowded than usual. 
So if you guys are interested, you know, um, yeah. You Just heard come it right here. Japan now. Yeah, this <laughs> spring. You heard it from Yasushi. Go enjoy the sakura season, the cherry blossoms. Just because take this opportunity now while coronavirus is running rampant in Japan or in China. Not Japan. And not Japan, Japan is fine. Japan is fine in China. It's keeping the Chinese tourists at bay. Well, we want to thank you listeners for tuning in with us this week. This was Amakara Japan, and we hope you tune in next week. Ja, matane. Bye. Sayonara. Mm-hmm.